Welcome to the Whole Food Vegan Podcast. Exciting vegan food, no crap, no agenda. Helping you enjoy a wonderfully varied, tasty, easy to prepare and nutritious whole food plant-based diet. Simple tip, easy recipes and helpful hints on how to get more enticing vegan meals into your diet. Usually recorded after a bottle of Merlot on a Friday night. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Whole Food Vegan Podcast with me, Mark. Hi, it's Sue here. Hello, Sue. <laughs> yep, back so, again. So, we're back again, we're back again. This week we've got another uh, really good episode um, to go through with you. We're going to talk about lasagna, um, an amazing um, pasta that we've made. Uh, Sue's going to talk a bit about cakes and generally veganizing recipes and we've got a really good uh, ingredient of the week, nutritional yeast, which we're going to talk a bit more about. But first, um, we had we had a friend over for dinner last night. Yep. Always involves a few drinks as well. It always involves <laughs> a few drinks. So we one of the things that we found is because we cook pretty much from scratch uh, all of the time, that um, a lot of friends of ours actually really quite like coming over for dinner, even if they're non-vegan. Well, they're not even vegetarian, most of them. That's true. So, you know, most people, if we say we're having a dinner party or would you like to come to dinner, they're like, yeah, 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 brilliant. But none of them are vegetarian even, I don't think. No. There's one vegan friend, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just really interesting because we we kind of like to make stuff that we think everyone will eat, but also we like to sometimes make stuff that's a bit different that we've not tried before, so... We've, we've done... Uh, we did a Japanese, didn't we? Where yeah, we spent because Because we enjoy cooking, we spent the whole afternoon uh, putting together some sushi from mm. Bosch. I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, so we made Bosch sushi, which was fabulous. Yeah. And then we made a, um, a main course, which was with a broth. But I think one thing that I try to bear in mind if we have friends over, particularly meat-eating friends, is the meat-eating people have uh, more of a sensitivity, I think, to texture mm-hmm. because they're used to eating sort of chewy meats. Yeah. So if we're cooking for non-vegan friends particularly meat eaters i think it's really good idea to bear in mind when you cook to have something with some texture in Mm. it and we are definitely going to talk about this in a future episode but seitan can be really good because it's it's really chewy it's really meat-like and it gives that that consistency to a meal with that mouth feel and texture of meat Mm. and i make my own seitan it's quite easy to do so we'll we'll talk about that in a future episode. Yeah, I think it's um we don't eat a lot of kind of ready meal stuff. So people who perhaps don't cook as much would just expect veggie burgers or you know vegan I don't know sausages or something. But I have a, I have a bit of an issue with the texture of a lot of those because I don't like the chewy you texture like of meat. So, so I no. really struggle with like sausages that are wrapped in a casing or something like that. I find that a bit difficult. But generally speaking, when we have friends for dinner, there's usually plenty of alcohol flowing as well, which kind of helps everything. But that's that's our top vegan tip. Yeah, when you have meat get your friends plastered. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's really nice actually, and it's really interesting how often people come and say, "Oh my god, I would never have cooked such and such like that, or I've never had that vegetable before." Or, you know, how did you make that? It's I think amazing. that's another good tip: is if you do have friends for dinner, keep it varied. Yeah, don't try to cook a, a standard 
um, like a, a, a meal that a meat eater would be used to. But we something don't, different. We, we don't, don't. We don't do that anyway. So a lot of the food we eat isn't kind of British meat and two veg kind of meals. Um, apart from lasagna, which we can talk about today, but that's not even British, really, is it? So it's a British staple, is what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> we don't eat a lot of kind of meat and two veg kind of stuff. We tend to eat a lot more world food, really. I suppose. That's yeah. Just, it's kind All of just more exciting. It's just yeah. more interesting. But anyway, you were going to talk about lasagna. Well, I'm going to talk about lasagna. So this is our on part of our on the menu section. So I'm going to talk a little bit about lasagna, and Sue is going to talk about a roast vegetable squash pasta. Cool. So lasagna, uh, there are so many different ways of making it. And what I used to always do was to roast the vegetables and chuckle the vegetables in with the white sauce and, and the, uh, the lasagna sheets. Uh, yeah, and some passata. And that worked fine. However, we've discovered a really good new way of doing it. And I use this recipe at the end of the week, perhaps when I'm waiting for a vegetable delivery or, you know, we've got to the end of the week and there are not so many vegetables left. And I can look in the fridge and see perhaps a, a, a carrot, some cabbage, and I don't know, some celeriac or something, something that's a bit strange left over. And think, what? What can I cook with that? And literally all I do is chop whatever vegetables I've got left over i chop them up not massively small i put them into a food processor into a whizzer and give them a whiz and you whiz it all up and it will turn into this sort of fine grain almost like a mince yeah you don't overdo it don't overdo it no no don't do it to a slush but do it so that it's sort of fairly smallish sized grains so Last week we made a lasagna. We had one beetroot left. That's yeah. our only beetroot that the grew in the garden. One, yeah. So we had some carrots, cabbage, and a beetroot. We literally whizzed it all up into um, into a kind of a mince consistency, and then um, fry uh, uh, some onion, some garlic. Chuck in all of this whizzed up vegetables. Um, give it a little bit of a cook over a high heat for a little while, kind of as you would would frying it. Throw in the passata or tin of tomatoes, however you want to do it. Some herbs. Let it cook away for a bit. And there you've got a base for a lasagna, for shepherd's pie, for spaghetti bolognese. And I reckon you could give that to kids that are really fussy about vegetables. And they would not know Mm. that it wasn't a very well cooked mm. conventional lasagna they wouldn't know it's vegetables in it it's yeah. all hidden yeah. particularly if you chuck in a little bit of balsamic vinegar mm. which just darkens it and makes it a bit darker yeah. possibly a teaspoon of marmite to darken it as well and then it goes dark and it it looks like meat obviously it doesn't taste like meat and it doesn't have the consistency of it but it makes an absolutely fabulous lasagna mm. and i lasagna is one of my staple go-to meals at the end of the you week. have that at least once a week. I, I, sometimes I you have it twice and then you always have it with garlic bread as well i don't know how you manage that I, I haven't got room but another thing we did this week with the lasagna was um we had celeriac in our box and we actually made a celeriac top for it we so, made the bechamel yeah our celeriac i'll put a link to that in the show notes it's as really well. easy you literally uh boil or steam the celeriac until it's soft and it's a root vegetable tastes a little bit like celery um and you just whiz it in the whizzer with some olive oil that makes your bechamel sauce it's absolutely bizarre but it does make a really good so you've got a bechamel sauce made out of vegetables Mm. as well Mm. it's really good okay and then also this week i made a really 
novel approach to making a dish that I've made loads of times before. So quite often have roast vegetable pasta and just literally chuck the vegetables in the oven while you're doing something else, let them roast um, and then sort of mix it with cooked pasta. This time we had, I can't remember, was it, um, it wasn't Crown Prince squash, was it? We had a, an unusual squash, a Sweet Mama squash or something like that. Something like that. And it was a bit, um, I was like, oh, what should I do with this? I'm going to put it in pasta. I roasted it. And it came out nice and soft, and I just went to mix it in with the other vegetables and pasta, and it went all kind of disintegrated. So I just ended up like cooking it down a little bit with some passata, and the sauce actually consisted of the texture of the squash being melted into the sauce. So it thickened the sauce. Yeah, it was. It like I didn't actually need to put much passata in it at all. It just literally the squash cooked kind of condensed down when I put it in the sauce, but I mixed it with the other vegetables and the pasta, and it just became a thick sauce. So it wasn't stringy, it wasn't, you know, it was just weird. But I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So then I put just some vegan cheese on top and put it under the grill. And it's amazing. It's fantastic. Very good. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, so so using a squash to roast it first and then put it into a, a small amount of liquid, so in this case, tomato. Yeah, I and think it I just put, turned, it just thickened it. It just yeah, made a really nice thick sauce. It was amazing. I actually only put like about a tablespoon of passata in, I think. Wow. It's hardly any. So yeah, it was really good. And, you know, brilliant way of getting more vegetables into your diet. Yeah, and again, if you've got kids or people that yeah. are averse to eating vegetables, yeah. they would just think it's a nice thick sauce. Yeah. I wouldn't even question that it's made out of roasted squash. But roasted and a vegetables of always taste much better anyway, so they always taste much sweeter and much more they succulent. They do. So, yeah. They do. And then I also this week, this is the recipe of the week, and we put a link on this as well. Um, I made a cake, and I'm quite a good. Well, I'm not good. I like making cakes. I like baking, but I'm a bit lazy. So I always go for the quick, easy option. And um, this is a recipe that I had for banana cake. And it was a vegan banana cake recipe, but I only had one banana and I had some cooking apples that I'd managed to scrump off somewhere and uh, pick them up. And I just thought, oh, I'll just cook the apples down and make it into kind of apple sauce and use that instead. And it actually worked really well. And um, I think it was supposed to have sultanas in and I'm not a big fan of sultanas. So I just put in some almonds like sliced almonds mm. what are they called flaked almonds that's it um and it was really good but you know i'm quite confident at adapting recipes and that's perhaps something that we'll talk about a bit more you know i think time. that's the key isn't it is to understand the basics of what mm. you are doing with a cake what are mm. the basic core ingredients and then you can start to manipulate it yeah. so rather than just follow a recipe and say right this is the recipe this is how it's has to be done yeah follow the recipe for the first time understand what the ingredients in it are doing and then you can say okay well i can start to swap out some of the yeah. banana or i could put some apple in yeah so general general rule of ours is we'll make it from the recipe once and that's probably the last time that we'll make it from the recipe <laughs> which actually leads on to our tip that we were going to go through this mm. week was was veganizing recipes, taking recipes and turning them vegan. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot easier nowadays. Now you've got things like vegan cream and you can buy vegan cheese and you can buy, you know, vegan pretty much everything. Whatever you can think of, there's a vegan version of it properly. Um, but, you know, things like when you're baking, it's about understanding, as you say, the science of what you need in the recipe to do certain things. So very often, you know, you can use a mashed banana or sauce or something else instead of an egg in a recipe or if it's a savory recipe sometimes you can use you know a tablespoon of mashed potato or you can use um flax seeds which we're going to talk about um i think next week um there's loads of ways of veganizing recipes and it really is about experimenting and i think that's the difference between 
people who are confident cooks is they just have a go and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't mm. and I've made some amazing things out of recipes that didn't work and I've also followed some recipes and they just didn't work at all no matter how many times I followed them they just didn't work so it, it's just about having a go and um, giving it a try and you know things like we would never have ever made a white sauce out of celeriac because we didn't even know what to do with it when we first had it it was just a solid root vegetable that smelled of celery but actually when you start learning all these techniques and things different ways of cooking and just research really just doing loads of one of the i I remember i made a um a beetroot a chocolate beetroot brownie which there are loads of recipes Mm. online for chocolate beetroot brownies Um, and the recipe that i found was uh where had dairy and eggs in it Mm. so i veganized it so it had butter which is easy to swap out for vegan uh, vegan spread Mm. margarine and then it had eggs so and I looked at the recipe and thought, okay, well, what are these eggs doing? And usually eggs will be used to bind the ingredients together or to allow a cake to rise and be fluffy. So I thought, okay, well, I'm not using eggs. So the way I'll bind it together is I will use some flaxseed. And remember to subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast because next week we're going to talk about flaxseeds. So I used flaxseeds to bind it together. And then to make it rise... If you take a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar and a teaspoon of bicarbonate of of soda and mix the two together in the mix. So usually the way it's done is you would put the apple cider vinegar into the wet ingredients. So the milk, the water, whatever that's going in and a bit of bicarb into the dry ingredients, the flour um, and everything else. And then when those two ingredients come together, you get a reaction and it fizzes. You can even try it in a, in a cup, but a, some apple cider vinegar, tip in some bicarbonate, you'll see it fizz. And that fizzing fizzes up and gives you the lift and the airiness that eggs would usually give. Yeah. So to veganize a cake, often you just need an alternate way to bind and an alternate way to give fluffiness. And sometimes that's just literally, as you say, putting in extra bicarb or baking powder. Um, you know, there's there's lots of ways of doing it. But with the uh, apple cider vinegar, one of the things I found is it always works much better in soya milk rather than any other plant milk. Mm. Um, because it curdles, basically when you put the vinegar into the milk, it curdles and it goes really thick. So it goes like a yogurt consistency. But again, you know, you, if you can buy vegan yogurt, you can just use vegan yogurt sometimes instead of that. Yeah. So it's just practice, really, and it's just giving it a go, and you know, it's as long as long as you've got some acid and the uh, bicarb, mm. then it will work. Mm. It will it will fizz, and you'll get the lift. Yeah, and and like, as I say, you know, there are so many vegan alternatives out there now. You can even buy vegan butter from about four different manufacturers. It comes looking like butter, it tastes like butter. We've made butter. Haven't we, we have and made butter. Okay, so tune into episode twenty-seven. <laughs> When we're going to get through all of these things we've suggested, yeah. we will talk about vegan butter in yeah. uh, in a future episode. Yeah. And also, uh, this week, we're going to talk about ingredient of the week is nooch. So uh, for some people, they'll know that as nutritional yeast. And when I first became vegan and started going to some sort of vegan lunch clubs and things, people were talking about nooch. And I was like, what are they on about? It sounds like hooch, you know, is it some kind of alcohol? You can tell how my mind works. <laughs> um, but actually, nutritional yeast is such a vital ingredient, isn't it? I couldn't survive now without nutritional mm. yeast, particularly as a cheese lover. Mm. So that was one of my big things about about going vegan was, oh, I can't give up cheese. Yeah. And, you know, I think once you connect with dairy and all of that stuff, which we won't go into, it's, it's relatively easy. So yeah. I gave it up. But, but how do we get that cheesy flavor 
and nutritional yeast has a cheesy flavour. So for people who are listening who don't know what we're talking about and don't know what it is, perhaps we'd better describe it and how it kind of arrives at the table. So I I, I, know, I would describe it like fish food. Exactly like fish food. It looks like fish food flakes. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> but it doesn't smell like no, fish food It smells flakes. lovely. So it's um, a kind of product of the, I think it's the brewery industry that it comes from, but it's, you know, one of these things a bit like Marmite and yeast spreads. It's, um, it's a nutritional value. So it's got nutritional value and it's really important in the diet. And for vegans, it is actually, you know, full of minerals and vitamins and all sorts of good stuff. And B12. Yeah, B12, B12 particularly b6 i think it's got as well but it comes in like a canister and it looks like fish food and you literally just scoop it out and put it into things and we use it as you say as a cheese substitute it gives a very sort of cheesy yeasty flavor um and it's very good in sauces and so linking back to our lasagna yeah that's how i make the the bechamel sauce to make it cheesy Mm. is a tablespoon of nooch and a teaspoon of uh, mustard i put in there as well but nutritional yeast gives a white sauce the cheesy flavor and some people actually eat it raw as well they just kind of sprinkle it on like you know sprinkle on top of them on meal but i've never tried it raw i must admit i I always like it uh cooked and it's one of those things that you know it's a it's a bizarre smell but it's actually really nice yeah i love it i think it's brilliant and it's really good for you and you can use it in all sorts of things. So next week, we're going to talk about uh, making burgers um, and kind of nut roasts mm-hmm. at home. So I would use nutritional yeast in that. Um, you can use it in, as, as we say, white sauces. You can sprinkle it over the top. Mm. Um it gets you can use it in so many different ways yeah and as a kind of cheese substitute because it's got a slightly cheesy taste um if you're making a white sauce for example you might put in you know a spoonful of nooch and uh, perhaps a little dash of uh, um, tomato puree and a little bit of mustard and that tends to make it quite a cheesy flavor and kind of a yellowy color as well so it's really easy and, and i've made i've made cheese at home so mm. i've made um perhaps again perhaps on episode 322 <laughs> we'll talk about cheeses so i've made yeah. cheese vegan cheese at home from vegan yogurt that's one method uh, or from cashew nuts yeah let's talk about that in another issue but we're going we'll, on a tangent. but it's the nooch mm. so to give it that cheesy flavor all of those things have got nutritional yeast yeah. so i think as a vegan having nutritional yeast in the cupboard mm. to be able to adapt and to have these sort of store cupboard staples mm. that you can say oh i'm going to make a white sauce right i've got nooch yeah. oh i want to make some cheese okay I've I'll got tell you nooch. what else it's really good in as well. If you're making something and you want to coat it in like a spicy coating, like buffalo wings or, you know, out of cauliflower or, you know, some nuggets or something that you've made or burgers and you want to give it a crispy kind of texture. Yeah, I do that. It's really good. Just mix it with flour and, you know, some herbs and spices and perhaps some paprika or whatever and, and put a good old shovel of nutritional yeast in with that and it gives a really crispy coating. Yeah, yeah it's really good. So that's nooch, yeah. So what are we going to talk about next week? Next week we're going to talk about my favourite subject in the world, pie. pie. <laughs> so we should talk about pie. Um, uh, we're going to talk about burgers and how to make homemade burgers um, and nut roasts. Mm-hmm. And we've got a really nice recipe next week. It's the Kung Po cauliflower recipe, which is another slow cooker recipe. So, yeah, watch out for that. We're also going to talk about making pizza, but making the pizza base from sweet potato. Mm. And the tip of the week we're going to talk about next week is the food processor because you can't have a vegan kitchen without a food processor in it. It's so useful. And we're also going to talk about flax seeds, which again is just one of the store cupboard staples that I think as a vegan absolutely has to be there. So Mm. uh, lots to talk about next time. 
And you can also check out our um, links that we're going to put on the website as well. And we'll make sure that that's all accessible. So anything we've talked about, if we've mentioned it, uh, we'll put a link to it as well. Perfect. Good. Lovely. All right. Well, enjoy your autumnal vegan eating and we'll speak to you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. If you'd like to be featured on the show or to send us any comments, please email behealthy at govegan.online. See you soon.